I'm J.W. Francis, and you're listening to Six Pack. I've got time for one more round and a six pack to go. Six pack. One six pack to go. Welcome back to Six Pack, a podcast in which a couple of old drinking buddies share some favorite tunes and a six pack of beer. We'll randomly choose a year, spin six tunes, and down six beers. I'm Gareth, and I'm joined by my co-pilot flying the plane this week is Ryan. This episode will be playing music from the year... 2001. 2001 was such a big one for me, Gareth, because I actually moved to London in 2001 from yep. Melbourne. Okay. I, um, I packed up uh, stumps. Um, I was 23. And I moved to London. My brother lived in London and he sort of seemed to be having a really good time, you know, playing in bands and hanging out with cool people. And I thought I'll go and hang out with him for a little bit. Uh, 2001 was big for me because I moved from London to Melbourne at the end of the year. December. So December. December. So I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was 30. And in yep. order to have my um, working, uh, what's it called? Uh, my working visa. Yep. Yeah. I had to be under 30 or 30 yep. or under to get there. So... I left uh, London just before I was 30 to go to Melbourne. Yeah, right. Mm. It seems like a long time ago, doesn't it? 20 years ago. 20 years 20 ago. 20 bloody years ago. Yeah. So um, we are doing 2001 and we've got another guest today, which is going to be exciting. Should we reveal who it is? Let's do it. Special guest drinking buddy. It's J.W. Francis. J.W. Francis. Yeah. He made an excellent record last year called We Share a Similar Joy, which I've got um vinyl copy of. And also he's got a new album out now called Wonder Kid. Yeah. So we'll uh, catch up with him a little bit later on. And we should say we spoke to him a little while ago. He was um, trekking around the Appalachian Mountains, um, but yeah. we'll get to that a bit later. Mm. And we've got some beers to drink as well. Uh, once again, we're sponsored by Bintani. We've got uh, Golden Hills Draft. It's a German-style Kolsch, crisp, refreshing ale with light berry and herbaceous notes, like bitterness to cleanse the palate. Yeah, it's nice, this one. Yeah, it's got Golden Hills Brewery from Diamond Creek, north Diamond of Melbourne. Creek. Uh, we got kindly given this by a friend uh, to taste, and I'm loving it. It's great. Yeah, yeah. Good drop. Mm. All right, so 2001. Music scene from 2001 was a little bit weird. I probably went and saw the most live gigs I ever have that year because I was in London and everyone tours uh, London. Yeah, okay. Some of the bands I'm going to play are ones I saw live gigs from like you were probably pretty spoiled that you could just see everyone but in melbourne you know you couldn't do that yeah kind of kind of i'm just i'm just thinking of the kind of the music that was around i mean there was some real big breakthrough um yeah. artists which we're going to play later on i think some massive breakthrough things but yeah. they were kind of like a breath of fresh air because a whole bunch of the they other were. stuff around them was I, a little bit man i'll tell you a really funny one gareth because i moved to london and I, you know i was playing in a band and the band i was in moved to london one of the first things that happened to me and this is really early 2001 i met some you know sort of hipster music industry guy and he said guitar bands are dead mm. and i was in a guitar band and he was like <laughs> what are you doing like it's <laughs> over you know, and I, I felt like coming from Melbourne, I was like, oh, if I miss, I don't know what's going on. Like London knows where it's at. Mm. But that guy was wrong, was wrong wasn't he? Wrong. It was actually guitar bands were resuscitated. They were resuscitated I would big suggest. time. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll play some of that stuff later on, I think. But um, I, I remember this mother man. He was so dismissive going like, what, you come over here to play? Guitar music. It's <laughs> your music. And he was like, it's over, mate. Yeah. I was probably, I was finishing up playing in a band, actually, as right. you were turning there. So I, I probably, I finished yeah. up playing in my band that I've been playing through most of the 90s. Yeah. And you, then, you, uh, you were getting in the wheelchair to be um, put out to pasture. Well, I, I hit 30 and I thought I'm too old to do well, this yeah. shit. And I was yeah. clearly wrong because, you know, I could have carried on. But um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to start with this Folky country singer. Subject matter of this is all about giving your music away for free because that's, um, okay. you know, Napster was the big thing yeah. around then. Yeah. So lots of torrenting happening. And, um, yeah, this is kind of complaining about that fact, really.
be a number one. Song one. Everything is free now. That's what they say. Everything I ever done, gonna give it away. Someone hit the big score. They figured it out. They were gonna do it anyway, even if it doesn't pay. that gareth i don't know who the artist was it's Gillian welsh oh it is Gillian welsh yeah okay Gillian welsh so yeah everything's free yeah off her 2001 album time brackets the revelator do you think if she wrote it now she'd be cancelled for being too uh you know going we're not making money from music anymore well no how how relevant is it now though you know that's 20 years ago and yeah nothing's bloody changed and i don't know what did you buy music? Uh, no. You don't? I do. I bought three albums today, but um, plenty of people just don't think that you need to pay for music anymore. But you don't. <laughs> Except for, it, I it, guess, I always buy it, their music. Is, but, is uh, that right, though? Yeah. Is that right? It's that not right? right, but it's just uh, it's what's happening. I don't you know. know? Okay. Oh, yeah. Jeez. So you don't pay for Spotify um, Premium or whatever? I used to, but um, I only listen to podcasts now, so so I stopped paying for it. Yeah. What about you out there, listeners? Are you paying for this? No, you're not. Fuck it, I'm going home. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's interesting though, isn't it? It is Gareth, and it's um, it may not be right, but it's you know, it's how it is. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like that's what the Germans said in 1939. 
Yeah. Mm. Anyway, moving on. No. I like the tune. I don't know what you think. The tune was okay. It was a bit preachy for me. A bit preachy? Yeah. It's a bit of a downer to start with well, as well. Yeah, but also it's like, I don't know, like... It's not... Uh, her stuff's not always that preachy. She's yeah. She's actually kind of like a, quite a bit of a tortured soul, a bit of bit broken and yeah and we were we were talking about um you're saying a bit of a downer and it's funny like i think quite a few of the songs that i picked it down as is it because we're coming out of the 90s like 2001 was essentially the 90s and everything was pretty down and pretty negative you know well i mean there's there's an obvious thing we haven't mentioned yet that happened in 2001 which we can talk about a bit later i think after we've spoken to um yeah, I guess, but um, yeah. So that was it. Was probably a bit of a bit of a grim time, to be honest. Yeah, George yep. Bush was in yeah yeah the White House, and Tony Blair got voted in again for the second time in two thousand one. Um, I was looking for some famous people that were born in two thousand one. Oh yeah, because it's twenty years ago, so they'd be twenty. Oh, yeah, so depressing. So the, yeah. the 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 whole list that I saw, all of them were either TikTok stars oh, and or Instagram stars, and we wouldn't know who they there are. There was one musician who was born in, and then Billie Eilish, but all the others were TikTok or, or Instagram. Yeah, wow. Come on, people, sort it out. This is a bit depressing. Show so. All far. right, I'm going to lift the vibe, Gareth. <laughs> lift the vibe by uh, playing a song by a guy who killed himself. Okay, yeah, good. Oh, you're going to do that as well. I'm going to do that. You're going to oh. do that as well. Oh, which one are you going to play? Oh, you you play me one. I'll yeah, play, I'll yeah. play one as well. Okay, so um, I'll set the scene a little bit. So I'd moved to London, having a pretty cool time. I bought this album, and I also um, went and saw the live show at the, um, I think it was called the Union Chapel in Upper Street, okay, London. And this guy collaborated with a lot of people and see if you can pick who's doing the backing vocals on this one. I just stole the song you were going to play. Or we stole the, the artist. I was going to play Sparkle Horse as well. We're Sparkle Horse. So that that was the artist's Sparkle Horse. The mm. song I played was called Piano Fire. You just told me when I was playing that you're going to play It's a Wonderful Life, mm. which is off the same album. 
Um, it's a great album. Um, the backup vocals on that song were by PJ Harvey. Yep, who I, I love. Uh, on that album also, Tom Waits was on it. Um, Nina from the Cardigans was on it. Yeah, right. It's a great record. Yeah. I saw him play at, uh, what's that venue in um, Kentish Town? Forum. Oh, oh, I saw him play Forum. Forum. Yeah, some yeah. Forum. Yeah, yeah. Damn, that means I've got to choose a new yeah. one. Yeah. Choose a different one. Shaggy. Was uh, big yeah. into it. That, it wasn't you, me. I might you, play that. Should I play Shaggy? I, I thought you were going to play Mr. Bombastic. <laughs> it wasn't me. It was 2001, so yeah. I'm going to play that one. Um, the longest music performance ever. Oh, yeah. Started in 2001. It's going gonna, it's gonna to apparently end in the year um, 2640. It's the um, John Farnham farewell show. <laughs> <laughs> it's a piece of music performed in a church in Germany. Okay. A note changes every three years or something. I think but one what, of the notes changed last year. What? It's, but hold on, people are singing it. No, no, it's a it's a like a, an organ piece or something. Oh, okay, okay. Or a music piece, and it's, yeah. yeah, it's a very very slow piece. And so yeah, that started in two thousand one. I won't play that one though. Um, the iPod and iTunes started in two thousand one. Yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? And Wikipedia started in two thousand one. It's twenty years old now as well. Jesus Christ! Yeah. Big shows from that year. The yep. Office. The that Office. started in 2001. Yeah, I know. That's 20 bloody years ago. That was amazing when that came out, wasn't it? It was. And yeah. I'm, st- I'm st- you know, I still watch the American Office now. It's kind of... Well, yeah. Both of them. Yeah, I love The Office. Well, it just seems weird that it's 20 years ago. To put it in perspective, if you go, that was 2001, that would be like in 2001, us watching something from 1981. That would be very yeah. different, or right? Or in 1981, listening to something or watching something from 1961, oh, which seems bizarre. It, I don't think the world has changed that much in 20 years no, compared no, no, with the no, 80s and, no, and the hasn't. 60s and whatever. So it hasn't. You wouldn't you say the, fa- the fashions. When you watch The Office yeah. now, it doesn't look like it's 20 years old. No, it? it doesn't. Oh, no. No, same shit. Is that how boring yeah. it become? I don't know. All right, so I'm scrabbling around now for another tune, aren't I? You're going so, you, to fire up a tune. Okay. Well, I'm going to go with this one. These are a, a Norwegian duo. Oh, yeah. Bit folky. It's an ace of bass. Yes, it's the ace of the bass. <laughs> I saw the sign. <laughs> that wasn't 2001, no, Gareth. Was but, uh, so um, yeah. this is a, a Norwegian duo. Um, who I'm particularly fond of this record, so I don't know if you know it. Oh 
moment conversation stops, she is gone again. She's gonna leave a heart if you can choose that song so you were saying they're a norwegian uh, sorry scandinavian duo yeah, norwegian duo no kings of convenience oh you know i do know them actually yeah yeah they seem to be playing around london quite a bit around yeah. that time yeah um, yeah that's a good record yeah i had a girlfriend who used to play them maybe i blocked them out for that, <laughs> for that reason yeah, yeah. um I think yeah. they still make records every now and then. I think one yeah. of the guys kind of does little different solo projects. The ones, wait, 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 when you say duo, it was uh, were they? Was a guy and a, a guy? two two dudes? Oh, two guys. Okay, yeah, yeah. it can be a duo as well. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, Simon and Garfunkel, Chaz and Dave, Chaz and Dave, Paul and Oates. <laughs> yeah, that's what they. <laughs> the kings of convenience. So yeah, yeah, that's cool. But now we're going to jump over to the interview we did with uh, JW Francis, and yeah, when we caught up with him. He was wandering around the mountains of... Uh, the Appalachian the Mountains, Appalachians. wasn't it? He, um, you know, chatted to us from the middle of nowhere. Here we go. Here he is. Yeah. Hello, J.W. Francis. Hello. Hey, how you going? Hey, Ryan. Uh, yeah, welcome to Six Pack. I'm excited. I was supposed to drink a six pack before I came on, right? <laughs> well, no, normally we do, but it's 10 in the morning in <laughs> Melbourne, so we're drinking cups of tea. <laughs> I'm, We've been enjoying your record from last year, and we thought, well, yeah, you'd be a great choice to um, come in and share some of your background and your um, interest in music. So, yeah, uh, yeah, excellent. So, um, I've noticed from following you on Facebook that you seem yeah. to be doing this crazy—I don't know how many miles you're doing—but um, tell us a little bit about what you're up to. I'm walking two thousand one hundred and ninety-two miles for no apparent reason, yeah. uh, just. I mean, well, I got this record deal, <laughs> which was pretty sweet. <laughs> it was like kind of dream come true, you know. I was like, wow, this is all every, everything I ever wanted. So I was like, I'm not going to have a job <laughs> if I got a record deal. You got to do so, something. <laughs> yeah, I might as well do something. They were like, all right, we, we give you a record deal and we'll give you a tour in the fall of 2021. And that was like a year or I don't even know how many years ago now COVID makes all time feel weird. <laughs> so uh, as soon as they said that, I was like all right well I'm I'm do something else until I can tour so this is definitely something else man yeah <laughs> I, just on your own doing it yeah man I'm, I'm 958 miles into it it's been wow. about 70 days so I'm I'm walking like 12 or 15 miles a day and I mean, the good thing is, is like, there's actually such a big culture around the Appalachian Trail, which I didn't really know too much about. You know, it goes from Georgia to Maine here in the United States. And you only meet crazy people. I mean, the people who walk this trail, <laughs> either they've just quit their job like me, or they've retired, or they've just graduated college, or they're just looking for advice or something's going on in their life and they're walking for six months. So... So tonight I'm in a random motel room in Virginia. Where in America are you from originally? I'm originally from Oklahoma, um, but it's kind of I've got kind of a really weird whole thing. I moved. We moved to France when I was a teenager. I was just like 13, and we moved to to Paris, France. So all my family's over there, and they just became French. My mom did like the opposite thing that most people do. She like had a bunch of kids and then followed her dreams. Instead of that, <laughs> so she had all of us. And then she was like, you know what? I don't want to be a French high school teacher in uh, Oklahoma. I would rather be a, a international lawyer in France. <laughs> so wow. 
Good on it. You were kind of brought up as a French kid then. Were you influenced yeah. by French music around you or were you kind of still looking at the US? Um... I mean, I wear all black most of the time. You know, I like good bread. I like good coffee. <laughs> There's a lot of French things about me. I mean, my dad, my, honestly, my dad wanted to write for Pitchfork in like 1999. So I was like really <laughs> By the most indie rock kind of people that you can get. Like I was breastfed Stephen Malcolm's pavement, all that stuff from a very young age. Actually, my mom made a playlist for when she was giving birth. And the song that I actually popped out to was uh, The Breeder's Cannonball. Oh, well, hey. oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that's, that's a great story. Yeah. yeah. So they were like, this is good music. From a good, from a young age, I was like always brought up like that but so do you but, think yeah. would they have been really disappointed if you became like a heavy metal guy <laughs> <laughs> honestly probably not i mean they probably would have my my dad's got so many tattoos he could he could fit in really anywhere it was really rebellious for me to not get a tattoo when i was 18 years old so <laughs> One, two, three, four. To your music, mm. it sounds to me like it's been influenced by New York. You live in New York now? Well, when, when you're not um, walking around the Appalachians? <laughs> yeah, when I'm not walking around the woods, I generally live there. Yeah, definitely. And that's probably honestly the biggest influence, just because I mean, yeah, I grew up in Oklahoma and France, but when I got to New York, is really when I got a sense of the whole DIY scene or like what it is just to like walk into a stinky basement and see people play music you're like wow this is really this is cool <laughs> were you actually there in 2001 or was that a little little bit early oh that's very early yeah i was nowhere near new york in 2001 that was definitely one of yeah that was that was the year i was like dreaming of new york it was a place i always really wanted to go well it was probably one of the worst places to be in 2001, if you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, thank God you weren't there. I mean, I haven't been to New York since 99, and I'm sure it's changed since the, you know, the obvious yes. uh, incidents that happened in later in September in, in 2001. So, yeah. I mean, I moved there in 2013, and, geez, it's changed since then. I mean, it's funny. It's like I'll go... When I went to there for college, I would like come back, you know, for winter break or whatever to see my parents for Christmas and everything. And New York would change more in like the four weeks that I was gone than Paris changed like throughout has never changed <laughs> like since like for a hundred years. Like it's crazy. <laughs> like thing of businesses up and down. It's crazy. Well, that must be so exciting to be there and to see things change in front of your eyes. And do you think the music scene is changing all the time as well? Absolutely. And it's funny because, like, when you say like New York music scene, you know, there's like five thousand music scenes in New yeah, York. Of course, of course. You know, if I was a hip hop guy, I'd have a different, completely different opinion to of New York. Oh, yeah. But from my classic kind of classic indie scene and knowing that you everything from you know CBGBs. Um, uh, mm -hmm. Velvet Underground, Sonic Youth, and all, all my favorite things sort of seem to come from New York. And my mm -hmm. favorite films are sort of based in New York as well, like Midnight Cowboy. <laughs> Ghostbusters. <laughs> Ghostbusters. <laughs> 
Planet of the Apes, wasn't that based in the... Okay. Oh, I, you're kind of spoiling the end, but yeah, I guess it's like secretly set in New York, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, spoilers. about your record again so that has that classic new york sound whatever that means so i love the sound of it it has that crunchiness of the drums and that kind of mm -hmm. wobbles of the guitars and uh is that something that you sort of set out to do from the outset was that something you, you, do you do you work with a producer or do you do this stuff yourself i do it with a producer but it's very very conscious it's a very very i'm really like going for a specific sound i mean i was in a lot of different bands before i went solo and the whole reason i went solo is because i had the sound that you're hearing on the record i had that sound like in my head every time i joined a band it would be the same thing of like people just didn't want to hear out of slightly out of tune guitars <laughs> which is what i wanted or they they didn't want to hear that rough kind of rawness and even when i met my now like best friend slash producer sile he Every time it's the same tug of war. He's like a really good producer and he's a really good engineer. So he makes good sounding records. And I want to make shitty sounding records. And so, <laughs> so we have this tug of war of like, he'll send me something and I'll be like, this is way too clean. This is way too polished. You know, I want it. That's the way we work, which is good because. Yeah, most people won't give me the crappy stuff. I want it crappy. It's funny because I actually met Gareth 20 years ago. He was a record producer and I was playing in a band and that's how we met each oh, other. Yeah. So you might be oh, no. doing a, a podcast with your producer in 20 years about <laughs> beer. So. <laughs> yeah, I could see that happening. <laughs>
about her. So um, tease us a little bit about this track that you've chosen for 2001. My good teaser for this track is that it was my alarm clock, actually. I mean, back in 2001, I had one of those alarm clocks that was like a CD alarm clock um, where like you put in the CD and it would play the first track of whatever album or whatever CD. So you had to, it had to be a good first track because you're going to wake up to it every day. So I woke up to this song every day for a good like five years straight. So much so that actually whenever I was, you guys asked me to pick a song, it was one of the first songs I thought of because it's, it's, it's just a classic, but I had to listen to it again because I don't, I didn't, re- I don't really remember what happens after he starts singing because basically <laughs> there's, this little, there's this little intro sound, which I'm sure everybody will hear. And that way that would wake me up immediately. And then the drums would kick in and I knew that meant like literally it, it's like a Pavlovian response for me at this time. Like when the drums kick in, I need to get out of bed. Like my feet have to be on the ground. And whenever the singer starts singing, I should be getting dressed or something. So like, it was like, <laughs> it's a really like practical song for me. Excellent. Well, it's an amazing, amazing record. It's an amazing album. Uh, great choice. I love it. Let's let, let's remind ourselves. And uh, if, if there's going to be some Pavlovian kind of instinct of you to now suddenly get up and get dressed. You start, you start brushing your teeth. <laughs> start brushing your teeth. <laughs> it was i think everyone everyone knew that one great choice yeah. uh, it's uh, isn't it it's crazy to think that's actually 20 years old that that album that freaked me out i was like what? like i'm not even old <laughs> I'm like what the heck and you, you know what another funny thing is how we were talking about obviously you know um september 11 happened and i think i remember because i was living in london when that album came out and i think mm. they had to um take off the you know the there was the track on the new, new york, york city cops that's right yeah. they, had to, they had to take that off and that's right no totally right yeah there's a lot of weird stuff around that time i mean uh, that obviously <laughs> huge event me and gareth sort of touched on it vaguely in another episode but when, like when that album came out like I, mm. I was in london and the british music press just like creamed themselves over it yeah we, what's 
Yeah, What's and we were, like, we were like, oh, it can't be that good. We've got to hear it. And then we heard it and we were like, ah, yeah, it's, it's that good. Have you seen the Strokes play? Man, I haven't. I've missed them so many times. They played at, at Barclays Center that for the, there was a New Year's show for 2020, actually, like 2019 going into 2020 that I really wanted to go to, but I missed it. But, you know, I figure I'll see them at some point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and were there any other influences of different bands around that sort of time you were getting into besides the Strokes? Oh, man, just like. I'm trying to think a lot of people. I mean, a little bit later, like Arcade Fire and all of them and that more like kind of Baroque pop stuff going on. That really, that definitely inspired me. I mean, even like a little bit later, like Kayla Bond and more of like some more, I would call it kind of minimal indie stuff, or at least like the production side. That always struck me as just really good music and good songwriting. It was funny because my parents were just like so, like I said, like so hip. And so cool. They would. My dad would be making me make CDs of like all the stuff he had torrented. Like he was a torrenting dad, which yeah. is like no one else had dads who torrented. And my dad was like torrenting me like the discography of whoever. He must be pretty proud that what you're doing now. It'd be his- he's like, oh yeah, that's that's like the product of me. <laughs> like he's, he's, he's like, take all my influences, you put them in this whatever. That's me. Kind of had to discover all the '60s bands. Like, I mean, even like just going through the Beatles and going through Bob Dylan, all the classics, like I had to do that all myself because it was such a given for my parents, you know, that like, no, we never listened to that stuff because it was like, we were only listening to new music. It's so, it sounds so silly and stupid, but I, when I discovered the Beatles, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> it's a bit mind blowing. I mean, the strokes have kind of got that, um, the velvets in there kind of obviously and a bit of television and those kind of classic bands in there. But anyone coming to the strokes without knowing that stuff would go, like, oh, you yeah, know, that's that's okay. their sound. But And then I actually had a phase where I really thought the strokes were completely ripping off Tom Petty. As soon as I started to really get into Tom Petty stuff, I was like, yeah. everything the strokes ever made <laughs> sounds like freaking girl ripping. That stuff, right? Yeah. So great choice, um, great era of music, I'd say. And um, we've been listening to your new track that you've um, put out recently. Yeah, finally, man. It's crazy how record labels take so long to come out with your music. <laughs> Last year, and they've got another album coming out this year. That seems quite prolific to me. Well, I'm going to come out with another album next year, baby. Yeah, well, that's great. That's, yeah. that's kind of the classic way of doing it. Um, I'm just basing everything off the freaking Beatles, man. Oh, I was like, going to yeah. say, they did an they did, album every year. They did an album every year, plus two or three singles. And, like, that's yeah. what I wanted. But, yeah, I can't, I can't get them out fast enough. You're going to be touring as well, is that right? Yes, finally. Touring the UK? Hey, yeah, that's where I'm popping off, I guess. Like, that's, it seems like the BBC is really digging it. Um, you know, you just got to kind of look at who did it right and see what they did right. And one of the things the Strokes really did right was a reverse, I call it a reverse British invasion. You got to go to the UK. You got your American. You get some buzz here, but it's such a big country. It's like, who cares? Everyone's trying to make it. You go to the UK pop off there, then come back to America as a big shot. That's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> Lots of cool bands have done it that way, for sure. And you're signed to a UK label as well, yeah, Sunday Best? Yeah, they're really cool. Yeah, I really like them. Stablemates with David Lynch. 
Exactly. That was one of the main draws for me. I was like, first of all, David Lynch makes music. Second of all, David Lynch is signed to a label that's trying to sign me. Yeah, I'll sign it. <laughs> so should we expect a JW Francis slash David Lynch collaboration anytime soon? Every single Zoom meeting. I'm like, you know what, you guys, I think a David Lynch voiceover on the, over this guitar solo. And they're like, yeah, no. When you're running around uh, and hiking around town, are you, uh, are you having a, a couple of beers of an evening? The good thing about this trail is that it does go through not directly. It'll be a couple miles off, but like every two or three days you'll be on, you'll hit a road that you can hitch into a town for. And a lot of them have breweries. It turns out that's the crazy thing is there's so many people that like know what you're doing or like on this trail there, you'll go through a trail town and, and they'll look at you and they'll smell you mostly. They can smell you from away. They'll be like, oh, you're walking 2,000 miles. <laughs> so, they'll want it, so they'll be like, I'm buying you a beer because they know that you're like a pilgrim. So they're like, but sometimes it's like 8.30 in the morning and you just stopped into somewhere like find a coffee or like a place to poop that's not in the woods. And they'll be like, oh, brother, you're walking. I'm going to buy you beer. It's like. 8 30 and you're like okay i'm not gonna say no to a free beer it sounds amazing so whilst you're walking are you writing songs in your head or are you what are you, are you just zoning out or what's the, how do you pass the time man it's really fun because i uh yeah i've learned that i'm a very simple person turns out <laughs> i thought a lot of people were like aren't you gonna get bored you know just walking all day and it turns out there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on in my head. <laughs> like at least it's fun to, I'm about to hit the halfway point, which is a thousand twenty five miles or something. And I think I can get rid of a few things and add a small guitar, yeah. which is about two and a half pound travel guitar. Yeah. I've got too many voice memos of me just kind of like going, do, 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 do. Yeah. Everyone's like, weren't you, aren't you going to bring a guitar? It's like, you have to carry everything on your back. So no, but now that I know how to do it, I think I can do it. Ukulele. Yeah. There's a lot of ukuleles out here. And a lot of people, as soon as they hear your music, will just put anything in your hand. Like the other day, someone was like, Oh, you're a musician. Here's a melodica. I was like, I don't, I can't play a melodica. <laughs> well, it's been amazing talking to you. Um, yeah. yeah. Hopefully you'll make it to Australia one day. It's been so good. I'm thinking in our teaser, we'll put in your line saying, I popped out to Cannonball by the Breeders. <laughs> yeah. I think that's going to be a good one. Good luck with the rest of your thousand miles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're crazy, mother. Um, but I'll make it. And uh, you deserve a beer tonight, I'd suggest. Hey, thanks. I've had a few, but I'll have another for you. Yeah. <laughs> have one for us. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I liked him a lot. He was a lovely chap, wasn't he? Loved the um, the enthusiasm of a, a young American lad with a record deal. What about that? He's living the know. bloody dream, Gareth, isn't he? Would you w- walk 2,000 miles? No, I might just sit on the couch and watch TV <laughs> if I got a record deal. <laughs> but good for and, him. Um, hey, we should say, J.W. Francis, he's doing a live gig and signing it is for uk people if you're in london i reckon our listeners would be familiar with rough trade east yeah, yeah. The, the record shop yeah. it's in um did you say it was in brick lane yeah yeah i've been there there's a few of them there's one in soho as well yeah. isn't there yeah. but um tuesday the 14th of december 6 p.m rough trade east is very excited to present a live installed performance and signing from jw francis this unique event celebrates the release of jw's brand new album wonder kid I mean, he's played in Europe recently. Yeah. Um, I went down a storm. I've been following him on Facebook and, yeah, and yeah. his Instagram. So I, people want uh, to get tickets for that. Where is it? Uh, jwfrancis.com. Excellent. It's funny that he played the Strokes because I guess 2001, I thought I should um, make my second choice. I'm going to stick in the ballpark and it's going to be a very obvious one. Let's hear this. <laughs> Deadly is a 
microphone can tell you what he loves the most Who's that? <laughs> <laughs> so that was Wham. Wham. Uh, no, no. So that was, a, you know, that was the White Stripes. Yeah. Like, he's a pretty amazing dude, Jack White. The White Stripes came to Melbourne a couple of years before that, before they were big. And, mm. you know, they played at the Espy and the Empress and yeah, a couple hundred people and stuff. And then they went gangbusters later. Um, what are your thoughts on the Jack White and the White Stripes? Well, I like Meg White as well. Don't just Yeah, you know, yeah. It's not just him. Uh, uh, she's good, but it's not her I've, vision. She's just like... Yeah, I know. But Gareth, it's, it's Ga- Gareth, she's just a drummer. Come on. <laughs> Sorry to all the drummers out there. Yeah, I've seen them play. I saw Primavera Sound um, yeah. was a particularly good show, I thought, when I seen them play. Um, yeah, and to your mate who said that guitar bands are dead, this yeah. is one... Kicking the ghoulies, isn't it? Yeah. To that yep. stuff. So, strokes coming through, white stripes coming through, yeah, yeah, it's coming through. So, if you talk about Jack White, like he actually come up with riffs that you know when they thought all the riffs were gone, <laughs> right? And he's coming up with riffs that they they're singing at soccer games and stuff like that, like Seven Nation Army. They sing that at soccer games, you know, like hundred thousand people. Yeah, right. Sing it. That's like that's pretty incredible. Was this their first record? No, no, it wasn't, it wasn't no, their no. first record, was it? Yeah, no, it was just no. the, it was the one that came out in two thousand and one. <laughs> uh, white blood cells. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, he married some supermodel, right? And she divorced him, and it came out that he earned sixty grand a week, that, or, or she wanted sixty grand a week or something. A week. Yeah, but let's not leave that in because we want him on the podcast. No, I'm leaving that in. Yeah, that's in there. Yeah. New word that got into the dictionary that year. Yeah. Dope. Oh, uh, Homer Simpson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. D-O-H. D-O-H. Yeah, Simpsons uh, big cultural impact, aren't they? Yep, so yeah, so it slipped in out of there. Yeah. And it was the start of those shitty films, the Harry Potters and the Lord of the Rings and all that stuff. We're too old for that. I don't, yeah, you I know. know. My boy yeah. that stuff. But that was, yeah. that was the beginning of those kind of films. Also ran. So yeah. I turned up in Melbourne at the end of 2001. Yeah. yeah. And I went to Polyester Records. Oh, yeah. And said to the guy behind the counter... Give me some recommendations for local bands. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So cool. um, one of them is Art of Fighting. You know those guys? Yeah. If we forget all our ways, all the habit from our days, what I actually saw them play in London. I saw them play in Belgium. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's this quirky band who, I, I guess you'd call them a bit krauty, um, called Life Without Buildings, you know them? Scottish band. Um, yeah, they came out here and played. A little bit hard work for the whole record, but I quite like that. There's a snippet of it. But this is the one I'm going to play. So this is a band from Manchester who kind of made this, uh, I guess it's kind of concept record because it's it's a bit electronic, it's a bit craftworky. It has a bit of a sort of snowy feel to it. Here we go, have a listen. Let's hear it. Number five. So five. 
There you go. So that's a duo from Manchester called uh, Alpine Stars and a track called Interlaken. And when you say they're from Manchester, is that a bit um, sort of ravey and um, ecstasy? Well, it's kind or? of. It's like if New Order had given um, uh, Kraftwerk a bag of pills, isn't it? Kind of has that kind of or breakbeaty kind of. Yeah. Um, right. Okay. Yeah. Ravey kind of. I liked it. Definitely. I liked yeah, it. Good, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Cool. So um, one more from my co-pilot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's not drive those planes anywhere, Gareth. Let's let's let's, uh, let's stay on the runway. Let's stay on the hey, runway. Oh, but by the way, yeah. so we, we haven't really we, we we mentioned it a little bit, but so yeah. 9-11. Oh yeah, yeah, 9/11. yeah. 9-11. Let's, Remember nine eleven. Let's let, 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 <laughs> let's let's talk about where we were because, like I was saying, I was living in London, right, and I was doing this office job and. Uh, I think about three days before 9-11, I'd quit the job, right? Mm. I was like, I've got enough money. I'm just going to chill out and do nothing. And I was um, sitting at home in London watching Neighbours on TV. <laughs> and As you would. And a, a news flash came on saying a plane has hit the Twin Towers. And I was like, yeah, great. But, you know, like what a Harold and Bouncer up to, Right. <laughs> And then, like, <laughs> 10 minutes later, they said a second plane has hit mm. the Twin Towers and then they crossed to the live coverage. Mm. Now, where, where, where you were in London I as well. I was in the studio. I was working yeah. with Stuart at the time. I was recording a band. I, it's funny. I was in Stoke Newington. Where were you? Down the road. I would have been in yeah. Old Street, in Fortress Studios, recording a band. And um, the, the band were watching a TV and I was doing a bass take or something or recording yeah. the bass player. And I was watching it on TV. And the bass player kept going, no, come on, we've got to rec- record this bass. I'm like, fuck the bass. We've got yeah, yeah, look what's yeah. happening here. It was yeah. it was ridiculous. And I was supposed to be flying to Barcelona that weekend, which didn't happen. Oh, my okay. brother. He was in New York, right? My brother was in the air at the time. He was oh, flying. He was in the air. So he yeah. was flying over to the, to the US. Um, so I'm not sure if he got turned around or whether they landed somewhere. But, um, yeah, crazy times, obviously. And I remember also everyone in London was scared shitless that – they were like, New York's been hit. And then they were like, London's mm. going to be next. And my thing was like, God, thank God I'm not working in the West End. <laughs> mm. Well, you know, that happened a few years later. But Well, yeah. Um, and I'd been in New York a couple of years previously, as I think I've mentioned before, in 99. And I had a whole load of photos. Um, of the Twin a, Towers. A, of, of the Twin Towers. And I had some double exposures. So oh, my yeah. picture of the Twin Towers yeah. had a double exposure of a film poster on top of that with the words you have been warned <laughs> superimposed across the twin tower so i was like oh, can, can you post that on our instagram i've lost it i don't know where it is oh, now you've lost no, it. i think you imagined it no no it's there somewhere <laughs> it's there um i was trying to find it the other day but if i can find it i will we had to talk about that one where we were for september 11th yeah, didn't we of course yeah. on that high note yep yeah, on that high note now i'm going to um Play us one last song. Uh, this is a pretty cool one. This is a cover. I'll give you a clue. It's a Dutch artist covering a band from Liverpool. Beer number six. Song six.
Solex Gareth. Um, do you know her? A Dutch uh, DJ, I she guess. She sang on the Go Team record. Did she? she? Yeah, yeah. Full yeah. circle with our interview with Ian. That's right, yeah. yeah. So, um, I like that. That's great. It's pretty cool, isn't it? You know, obviously an Echo and the Bunnyman cover. Mm. A different take on it, giving it more oomph, mm. I guess. I can see it fitting in with the Go Team. It's very um, high energy. Yeah, good one to finish with. That. How did you think we went with 2001? I thought that was pretty good. Well, you stole one of my artists, so I had to kind of fumble out for another one, but yeah. I think uh, I'm, I'm good. I'm glad you didn't play a Ricky Martin song or something like that. Shaggy. <laughs> well, as a me. Um, how good was J.W. Francis? I'm, I'm a big fan of him. Great, After speaking yeah. to him, I'm a bigger fan, so uh, it was great. Yeah, he was cool. And thanks to Golden Hills Brewery for their delicious beer today as well. Thanks for that. Yeah. 2001 is done. The world has changed. It will, it will never be the same ever again. You know, remember when you could just walk through um, customs with a, um, a Swiss Army knife in your pocket? Uh, yeah. Those days are gone, so, Gareth. You can't take your extra large um, shower gel on the, tr- on, the, on the plane anymore. You can't. No, that's right. The world has changed. Mm. Yeah. Um, so we've got to think about next week. We do have a, a good guest again next week. It's a very cool one next week. It's a very respected guest. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I'd say he's one of the best collaborators around. I think he's collaborated with some of the biggest artists out there. He had a huge role in one of my favourite records yeah. the last 15 years. Do I um, drop the uh, clue that he's Australian? He is Australian. And he's from Melbourne. He's from Melbourne. That's enough of a clue. Yeah. Uh, let's tune in yeah. to the brainwaves of our guest to see which year we're going to be doing 1966 66 yeah wow that's a good one there's going to be so many good tunes from that Mm. two world wars and one world cup I was going to mention the world cup (laughs) Um, we'll talk about that next week don't mention the war yeah okay see you then bye bye I've got time for one more round and a six pack to go One six-pack to go.